1 Timothy chapter 2. Let's read these words of instruction. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Uh, so, first things first, supplications, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks be made for all men. Uh, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. The all-inclusive word, all, uh, used many times in these opening two verses so that we really understand God's heart for all people. Uh, we, all, we have our personal biases and, and we have our favorites and we're prone to be opinionated as Americans. Uh, but when it comes to God and his heart for all of mankind, he doesn't selectively make the sun shine on his children alone and then send darkness to the rest of the world. He sends the same son to each and every one of us because he wants us all to know how much he loves us. And it's one of the signs and the wonders that God has given to declare his goodness to all of humanity. It's creation. Creation declares the goodness and the glory of God. And through creation, many people begin to inquire and begin to, in their inquiring of if there is a God, begin to discover there actually is. And that he knows them by name and that he loves them. So let, let us never mistake that we should only pray for certain individuals or for certain people that are a part of our political persuasions or any other persuasions. Uh, that, that would not be acceptable before our Lord who loves all of us and cares about all of us deeply. And he says in verse 3, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Uh, many people ask the question, what is right, what's acceptable, what's good? Well, here's some instruction that lets us know what's right and good and acceptable. Uh, who desires, here's God's desire, who desires, would you see the word all there? Is this really starting to resonate with you? Desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Well, what is the means in which that may take place according to these verses of Scripture? Prayer. I've said this many times, but it's worth repeating. I don't know who was praying for me when I was 13 years or just before I was 13 when I accepted the Lord back in 1976. I don't know who was praying for me. I, I have an idea that my uncle was one of them because he, he shared later once he found out that I came to faith in Christ, uh, his story of coming to faith in Christ and that he was praying for the family. So I know at least his prayers were being offered up on my behalf. Uh, but I, I do know it's one of the ways in which God desires all men to be saved is someone has to be praying for someone. It's one of the ways that God works by his spirit in the hearts of mankind who desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For as there is one God and one mediator between God and, and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for how many? For all to be testified in due time. For which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, and I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So let's take a look at Jesus praying 
in John's Gospel, chapter 17. Since we are instructed to pray for others, let's take a page from our Savior. Let's begin in the first verse. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that you that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. We see part of Jesus' appeal here as he's preparing to go to the cross is that he still desires the Father to be glorified. So he prays along those lines. And and in essence, it's as a reminder, Jesus is praying for himself that he would finish what God had asked him to do. He said, I... I've done everything up until this point, but there was still one big step to take, and that was to go through with his crucifixion and his burial and his resurrection to give his life as a ransom for all of us, as Scripture has said. So he's praying at that moment that he would finish and he would go all the way to the cross. Now he transitions. So after praying that what he would do would be pleasing and glorifying unto the Lord. He transitions and he begins to pray for his disciples. Verse 6, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world, and they were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. That is just such a healthy perspective. Um, This relational aspect that Jesus is talking to his father about is um, it, it just takes all the harshness and all the religion out of it. And he goes on and he, he says in verse 7, now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. So he's a good, he, he testified properly. For I have given to them the words which you have given to me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. So here's an important aspect. When praying for others, pray that they would be rightly connected to God. That they would be rightly connected to God. Okay. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. When praying for others, it's important that not only are they rightly connected with God, but that they experience the joy of being rightly connected to God. 
Jesus said, I just don't want this to be duty. I want this to be life-giving. I want them to know the joy that comes with this relationship, that comes with this union. So not only do we want people to be rightly connected to God, we want them to experience the blessing of being rightly connected to God, and that's joy. And we need it because we have tests and trials that we have to have strength to go through. Jesus was getting ready to face his greatest test. And the book of Hebrews said it was the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. And the joy was seeing what was on the other side of his obedience was all of us making a decision for him. And not only us, but those through our witness would come to know him also. That's what kept Jesus on course. That's what kept him going through to do all the will of the Father. Verse 14, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. And I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one. Here's this protective mechanism. When praying for others, pray that hate would not derail their Ability to love and to serve God properly. Pray that people be rightly connected to God. Pray that through that right connection they would experience joy. Pray that even though people will not always receive them and some will reject them, some will even go to the point of hating them, that they would not lose their way and lose the faith that saved them. Protect them from the evil one, from the deceptive one, from the one that wants them to throw in the towel, that says it's not worth it. And and look, you know, all these people hate you and, and you didn't have that when you were in the world and people loved you and embraced you and accepted you and, and now you're following Jesus and you're getting people that disagree with you and are hard towards you and indifferent and callous towards you and he says i pray that they would be kept from the evil one at that moment so when praying for others these are things that we need to take from the page of our savior verse 16 they are not of the world just as i am not of the world so sanctify them that means set them apart by your truth that's how it happens your word is truth as you sent me into the into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself. I set myself apart as an example that they may also be sanctified by the truth. So here's a couple things that we need to also remember. Pray for others that they would see the value and the importance of living a life separated for Christ that they would understand the value of the truth, the significance of the truth, and they would allow that truth to shape them so that they would be separated to be used by God. Not segregated from the world. He said, I'm leaving these people in the world. The world needs light. The world needs a witness. The world needs the truth. And just as Jesus was the light and the truth in the world when he was here and through his disciples, they were to their generation. We need to be that to our generation. So he's saying sanctify them. Let 
Let them be a distinct people, a special people, a called out people, and let them love and embrace and and really hold on to the truth in a world that is easily deceived and and sways back and forth like the changing of the wind. May they be steady and sanctified and rooted and grounded and may the truth establish them in these realities. All right, verse 20. This is now Jesus praying for us. He prays beyond his disciples and he prays for all those who will believe through the witness of the, of the disciples. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That they may all be one. He starts off. It, the, the enemy works where there is strife and envy and division and Shut the doors down that we may be one, not not alike, but one. We may embrace the unique diversity that makes up the body, just like our physical body accepts the unique diversity in which God created it. May the body of Christ understand that parallel and accept it. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Here's another way to pray for others, that they would mature. We haven't fully arrived. We are in the process of learning, growing, maturing, bearing fruit, bearing more fruit. So wouldn't it be nice if you knew someone was praying for you that you would continue to grow, that you would continue to bear fruit, that you would continue to show forth the characteristics of someone who cares about other people and is interested in unity and not just their own agendas? Verse 23, I and them and you and me that they may be made perfect in me and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given unto me for you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And thee and these have known that you have sent me and I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love which you have loved me may in, be in them and I in them. And that's a, a good way to finish is that, you know, Lord, may we be the people that demonstrate your love. May we be the people that allow the love that you have shown towards us, not only to impact and influence us, but may it go through us to impact and influence others for good. You can see there's two valuable witnesses so that the world may know and believe. One is the love that we have for each other. Secondly is it's how we celebrate the unity of the body of Christ. So when the world sees division in the church, why do they want to be a part of that? They have enough of it. When the world doesn't experience love from the church, and I'm not talking the institution, I'm talking the individual members. We are individual members, and together we make up the body of Christ. We are the church. 
when the world doesn't experience love from a believer, and I'm not talking about accepting things that are sinful, but I'm talking about loving them in their sin and letting them know that God loves them and letting them know the truth of why Jesus came. He came for all of us, and we all qualify for his love because we're all sinners in need of a Savior. There's not, in, in God's mind, I know in our mind, there are certain degrees of sin. One is worse than the other. Now, I think there's some that are more grievous than others. And I think there are ramifications for certain actions or behavior, and Scripture talks about that. But all sin is equal from this perspective. It separates us from our Creator. So when we understand what Jesus is praying here, he's, he's asking us to really be influential and impactful in other people's lives so that God could reveal himself to them. Because there's, no, there's not a more powerful witness that you love people that are displaying poor behavior towards you or hate you or talk about you or treat you improperly. And there's plenty of that out there in the world that we live in today. But we're still called to be here. And I'll just close by this. I love this part of Jesus' prayer. He says, Father, I'm coming to you, but I'm leaving the rest of these people here. (laughs) I've done everything you've asked me to do. And and there's one more piece of obedience and strengthen me so that I would complete the assignment you've given unto me. But I'm leaving these people here. And he prayed, in a sense, help them not have an escape mentality. Help them to understand the value of being here, just like Jesus saw value in being here or he wouldn't have come. We were the value. Let's quit devaluing the reason why we're here. We're here to get to know God and to let God use us so that he could be known through us. That's a great privilege. So let's not devalue why we're here. There's a lot of believers that are like, man, I wish God would just take me home. And Jesus prayed just the opposite. God, I wish they would just stay here and just keep doing what they know to do. Prayer helps us to stay steady and stay through the course. So pray for others along. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.